Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Tonight in our study, it is a big night. It is an important night uh, in, in our verses tonight. We have something uh, huge and profound to settle tonight. And I think that's an awesome thing. I'm glad you're here as we were singing that. I was thinking what an awesome thing it is to sing praises to our Lord on a Monday night, on a Tuesday night, on a Wednesday night, on a Thursday night, every single night. Well, tonight, as we've gathered on this Wednesday night, we have this important subject, this important uh, profound thing to settle tonight. Now, I want you to follow along with me. Uh, John is writing this gospel that we might believe and that in believing that we would be saved. That is why he's writing this gospel. Uh, That is his intent. That is his purpose. He is writing that we might believe and that in believing we would be saved. He is telling us, we saw this last night, he's telling us who Jesus is and he's telling us what the gospel is so that we will believe. John chapter 20 verse 31, uh, it says, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And so understand, John, the Apostle John, is going to great lengths to say to us, this is Jesus. And that's what he's done. This is Jesus, and and this is who he is, and you can be sure of that, and you can be confident in it. He's going to great lengths to say, this is our gospel. What is our gospel? He's going to great lengths to say, this is our good news, and you can be confident in it. You can be sure of it. And he's writing to say, this is the truth. You want to know why he's writing? He's saying, this is the truth. And by believing the truth, you will be saved. All of that so that we would believe. Tonight, let me be clear. And, I, and I'll, just, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll just lay this out. There's some that would uh, teach something different. They, they would teach something else. But this is what the scripture tells us. Let me be very clear in this tonight. God wants you to believe. God wants you to believe, and God wants you to be sure of your belief. Those two things, you can take that to the bank. God wants you to believe, and God wants you to be sure of your belief. He wants you to have a sure faith, and he also wants you to have a settled faith. He's not a trickster. He's not trying to switch things around. He wants you to have a sure faith. He also wants you to have a settled faith. And so here's the question tonight that we're going to settle. We're going to look at tonight. Here is the question. So what does it mean to believe? So what does it mean to believe? If we are saved by faith, and we are, that's the testimony of God's word. If we are saved by belief, What does it mean to believe? Tonight our message is entitled, The Truth of Belief. The Truth of Belief. Tonight we're just going to look at three verses, John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. Tonight, John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. The Truth of Belief. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. 
Beginning tonight in verse 23, God's word says this. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs, which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Let me read those three verses again. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs, which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. We're thankful for this week. We're thankful for 12 nights to look at your word. We're thankful for the truth and the grace that you've shown us through your word. Lord, I pray uh, as we begin tonight again that there is a movement that is building. We pray as the truth pushes out tonight as it goes to places that we maybe can't even imagine We pray that there are open ears and open hearts and minds to receive your truth. Lord, I pray for us that have gathered tonight. I pray that you would speak to us tonight. And I pray that it would be an awesome thing, an astounding thing, a supernatural thing tonight. Lord, as you speak through your word, you say it's living, it's active, it's relevant in this day. Lord, I ask that you would speak to us through it. I pray if there's one and maybe many that do not know you, I pray that in the hearing of the good news, the gospel, that tonight, this very night, the 12th night, they might turn to you and they might trust you. They would find their Savior, your grace, tonight. Lord, move in that manner. Enable that in. Lord, we just come and give it to you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I run into people, and and maybe it's the line of work that I'm in, but I run into people, and and we will be having a discussion. I don't know sometimes what prompts that discussion, but they will say in the course of the discussion, I hope that I am saved. Or they'll say, you know what, I'm pretty sure that I'm saved. I think that I'm saved, and we'll be having that discussion. They'll say, you know what, I, I think that I am saved. Or I'll run into folks, and they'll say, I hope when I get to heaven when I meet God, that I am welcomed in. And I, I, I don't know, I hope that that's what happens, and, and that's what they will say. Well, here is the thing tonight. God wants you to believe, and he wants you to be sure in your belief. That's the deal. He wants you to believe, but he also wants you to be sure in your belief. Now, let me just tell you tonight, that's the thing about the truth. The truth is sure, The truth is knowable. The truth is unchanging. And so you can be confident in the truth. Now, that's the thing about the truth. We live in a day where where nothing is deemed true. We live in a day where everything is moved around, shift around. Uh, But the truth is actually true. And it is knowable and it's unchanging. And so we can be confident in the truth. Well, tonight in our study, God shows us what belief is by showing us what it is not. Now, he can do that. That's an interesting thing. He's going to show us tonight what belief is by showing us what 
it is not. All right, let's go to our verses now. We're going to begin in verse 23. Now when he, Jesus, was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs, which he was doing. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs, which he was doing. Now, we looked at last night the observance of the Passover. Now, the observance of a Passover was a day, and then it was followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, that was a seven-day celebration, a seven-day observance, and so here's the Passover day, one day, and then it is followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days. Well, as you can imagine, these two observances are generally lumped together in Jewish life into this one eight-day celebration. So if they went to celebrate the Passover, they would expect that it would include this feast. And if they were celebrating the feast, it would be a given that it just followed the Passover. And so these are lumped together in one eight-day celebration. Well, yesterday, we see that Jesus and his disciples have made their way to Jerusalem for the observance of the Passover. They have traveled, they've made their way to Jerusalem for the observance of the Passover. Well, today the account continues, and it tells us as they are in Jerusalem during the feast, and so this is during the, the seven days following the Passover, that Jesus is doing signs. Now, it doesn't tell us much about that. It says that he's doing signs. Evidently, he is healing people or he's doing uh, great miracles. And verse 23 tells us that seeing these signs, seeing these great wondrous things that he's doing, these, these miraculous acts, that many believed in his name. Now, I want you to notice here, I think it is telling and I think it's important that the signs aren't recorded. Now, the Scriptures tell us many of the signs, the wonders that he did, but right here, it doesn't tell us what the signs are. There's not a listing of the signs. Now, what I believe that means is, it, I believe it means that it wasn't about the signs, it's about the Savior. You see, it could have said, this happened, and this happened to this family, and this happened to this individual, and it could give us a listing of the signs, but it does not. And so I believe it's showing us here, it's not about the signs, rather it is about the Savior. It is about the gospel, and honestly, that is how it works. Well, in verse 23, it says, seeing the signs that many are believing in his name. All right, stay with me. The word believing is a Greek word that means to think to be true or to be persuaded of. To think to be true or to be persuaded of. It is a Greek word, the root word, pistuo, pistuo. That is the Greek word that comes from that, that root word. Let me read verse 23 again. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs, which he was doing. All right, the next verse, verse 24. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. 
Now listen to that. That's a kind of an odd statement. That's a strange statement to try and understand. Listen to that again. Now, they are seeing the signs and they're believing in his name because of the signs, but Jesus on his part was not entrusting himself to them for he knew all men. All right, let's go ahead and look at verse 25. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. In verse 23, many are seeing the miracles and many are believing. But, that's how verse 24 starts, but it is a change. It is not the same. Many are seeing the miracles and they are believing, but Jesus, it says, is not entrusting himself to them. Not entrusting himself. Now stay with me. This is very important. It is a Greek word that comes from the same Greek root, pistuo, yet it means to place faith in, to absolutely trust, and it literally means to entrust. And so it's, it's a different word, and it has a different connotation. It has a different meaning. It comes from the same root, but when this word is used, it means to absolutely trust, to entrust. It's the same root with a different meaning. Here's what it literally means. In verse 23, they are seeing the signs of Jesus and believing, but in verse 24, he did not believe in their believing. And that's the literal translation. They are seeing his signs and they are believing, however, but he did not believe in their believing. He did not place faith in their faith. Now that sounds crazy. That's hard to understand. Let's keep going. Why? They are seeing the many miracles and they are believing, and yet he's not believing that they are believing. He's not placing faith in their faith. Why? It says, because he knew all men. Verse 25 says, he didn't need anyone to tell them how people are, for he himself, he knew how people are. Now here's the deal. Jesus heard them say that they believed, but he didn't put any faith in their belief. That's what these verses are saying. He, he heard them say that they believed, but he didn't put any stock, he didn't put any faith in their belief. Do you know that people will say what they do not mean? Do you know that? Do you know people do not always mean the things that they say? Do you know that? Did you know there are people that we trust only to find out later they were never trustworthy? Did you know there are people that they portray one thing and they work very hard to represent one thing only when you get close you find that there's something else all together. Now, maybe we know that. Maybe as we go through life, we figure that out. They don't say any names tonight. But Jesus knew that because he knows the heart of people, he knows what's in them. And really, it's both ways. He knows what's in them, so he knows the heart 
of people. And so we see here, they are coming out and they're saying, we see all the miracles. Lord Jesus, we see what you do and we love what you're doing and we're excited about what you're doing. And they say, we believe even in your name. That's what it says. And yet Jesus did not believe their belief. Now, what's the point to all of that? The point is this, and I want you to listen very carefully tonight. This is a big deal. There is faith, and then there is a type of faith that saves. There is a faith that knows all of the things, that knows all of the facts. There's a faith that says, you know what, I see these things and it seems, it appears to be likely. There's a a faith that we can even get excited about. And there is a faith that entrusts. There is a faith that is absolute. And I want to tell you, maybe that's the day we're living in. I see it all the time. There's a faith that says, you know what, I've been in church all these years and you ought to know my dad's name and my granddad's name and I can tell you all the things and I know all the songs on Christian radio. There's a faith that knows a lot of things, but there is a faith that is absolute and that entrusts. And listen very carefully. Signs are not enough for a saving faith. Experiences are not enough for a saving faith. The only thing that results in a saving faith, the only thing that results in an absolute faith, the only thing that results in a faith that will entrust is the truth. That's the point of the message tonight. That's the point of these three verses as we transition into chapter 3. Do you see, that's what John is writing about. That's what John is trying to make clear here. A saving faith, one that ends in salvation, one that results in redemption, one that will stand the test of time is a faith that is built on the truth. Folks, we need to understand signs were always to confirm the truth. Signs were always to validate the truth. And so listen to me tonight. It has always been about the truth. Do you see tonight? That's why we guard the truth in the church today. That's the job we have. Do you see that's why we defend the truth? Do you see that's why we preach and we teach and we study the truth? Do you understand that's why the message of the church is not up for debate. It's not to decide what's politically correct. We stand on the truth. Truth is our mission. The truth is our message. So that's why we check everything against the truth of God's word. It is about the truth. Jesus says, you've seen the signs and you're impressed. You've seen the signs and you're moved. You've seen the signs and you're stirred. And maybe you have faith now that I'm the healer and I am. Maybe you have faith that I'm a wonder worker and I am. Maybe you have faith that I'm a prophet of God, speaking the word of God, and I am, and I do. But the only faith that saves is a faith that calls me Christ. The only faith that saves is a faith that calls me Savior. And that type of faith only comes from the truth. It only comes from the truth. Isn't it close enough? Isn't it good enough? 
Some circles, it's popular to sing about Jesus, talk about Jesus. People come along and they, they testify, Jesus, you are miraculous. Jesus, you are the wonder worker. Jesus, you are so astounding. And people talk a lot about Jesus. Isn't it enough? Isn't that enough? No, listen to me, friend. The difference is the difference between life and death, guilt and pardon, the righteousness of Jesus and the stain of sin. The difference is the difference between heaven and hell. The difference is the difference between the rock and, 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 the, and the Savior the, that we stand on and sinking sand. The difference is between the lake of fire and the new Jerusalem, fellowship with God and, and a broken fellowship, eternal separation. And listen to me tonight, signs are not enough as awesome as they are. Experiences are not enough as excited as we may get. It all comes down to the truth. And that is the point tonight. We find a saving faith only in the truth. Today we got churches. It's bigger than that. We've got entire movements and all they do is seek the next sign. Oh, we remember when God did that, and we want to see it again. And all they do is seek the next sign. All they do is promise the next experience. And if you come in here, you'll experience this. And if that wasn't good enough, when you come back, you'll experience something greater than that. And people today, watch them, they're placing their hopes in religious highs. And they're placing their hope in the latest sign. They're placing their hope in some great experience that they might trump up somewhere. And listen, it only follows, it will not hold up. It only follows, it will not last. And the signs are never enough. The experience is never great enough. You watch those folks when the storm of life's come. The foundation always washes away. A few chapters, John is going to write, if you continue in my word, then you are a true disciple of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Tonight, do you know the truth? You see, only the truth will result in a saving faith. John chapter 14, Jesus says, and I am the truth. Have you entrusted yourself to him? Listen, tonight, that's a point of evaluation, not just know about him, not just have some skirting knowledge that goes around the edge of who he is. Do you know him? Have you entrusted your life to him? Have you entrusted your eternity, your salvation to him? Is your full faith in Jesus? You see, he loves you. And he came that you would be saved. He desires that you would believe. And so the question tonight in the middle of this understanding is this, do you know the truth? Let's pray. During Father, we come tonight, and I'm thankful for a plain point. I'm thankful that you love us enough, that you're compassionate enough, that you're gracious enough to tell us where we find hope, where we find salvation, where we find eternal life, where we find forgiveness of sin is only in the truth of Jesus. Lord, we see your signs, and we see they validate the truth. We see they come alongside, and they confirm the truth. We're thankful for them. 
But we also know it's only the truth that can produce a saving faith. Lord, thanks for showing us that tonight. Lord, thanks as we get ready to move into the rest of these chapters, the rest of these nights, that we can have that settled. It's only the truth that will set us free. Lord, help us to stand and to preach and to proclaim and most of all, to receive the truth. Lord, tonight we come and we just tell you, we love you, we're thankful. We come on this Wednesday night, this 12th night, and we tell you, we worship you, we praise you, we exalt you. We come at this time, and I pray that we are sitting here, we're, we're listening, we're hearing, and we're evaluating if we have received the truth. Lord, stir it in our hearts. Let us see the truth, maybe tonight, some for the very first time. And I pray the result will be an embracing of the truth and a turning from death to life, from darkness to light. We would find salvation in you. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that you've spoken. I trust that you have. I pray now as we conclude this service that you continue to speak. And I pray that the result would bring much glory to you. We love you. We give this time to you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, I want to tell you, there is a truth that saves. And what, what an awesome thing that is. There is a truth that saves, and his name is Jesus. And he is the Savior from God. In fact, he is God. And the truth that saves Jesus, he came in flesh that he might save men. And he came in the flesh, and he lived a life he never sinned. He never sinned that he could go in our place as ruined sinners. And the truth is tonight, our problem, each of us, our problem is sin. That's our problem. In sin, we are ruined. In, in sin, we have a broken fellowship with the Holy God. In sin, we have no future and no hope. But I want to tell you the good news is this. Our Savior Jesus came as the remedy for sin, the hope for sinners. He comes, he never sins. He goes to the cross in my place, in your place. He dies as the payment for sin. He takes your payment that you can't pay, my payment that I can't pay. We're sinners. He pays it. He redeems us in his own blood, his own sacrifice, dying our death, taking God's wrath towards sin, poured out on him. He settles it on the cross of Calvary. Actually physically dead, he comes out of that grave three days later. He stands as the risen Savior, the hope of sinners. And the Bible says that is the truth. And upon receiving him, that truth, we're saved, forgiven redeemed, restored, renewed, drawn into fellowship with the Holy God, not of anything we did, but in the grace of God. That is the truth. What have you done with the truth tonight? Have you received the truth tonight? Tonight we're going to end, and I, I want to tell you, there's nothing left to do but either receive or reject the truth. You have all the information. You decide. My prayer, God's desire that you'd receive his truth. We're going to stand in just a second and sing a hymn of invitation. If God has spoken to you, if he's speaking to you, you step out and you come on. If you need more information, you come. We'll, we'll talk it through. We'll settle it tonight. If you're listening some other way, if you're, if you're wondering, listen, you find the truth of God's word. You find the truth of Jesus. I implore you, I beg you, trust him. He will save you. It's your only hope. As we stand and sing, if you have a decision to make, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here. As we stand and sing, you come on.